Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska. It is cold and dark where I'm at, and uh, we've got six months worth of winter headed our way. So on to brighter days, you know, come springtime when we when I can see my grass again. I took a picture a couple, I don't know, about a week ago, probably the last time I ever saw my grass for the next six months was about a week ago. But we hope that wherever you're at in Alaska or around the world, you're having a fabulous day. And we want to thank our fo the folks that listen, watch, and read Must Read Alaska. For those of you that really, really love Must Read Alaska and you want to help keep the lights on, if you go to mustreadalaska.com on the right-hand side there, there's a donate button. Just click on that and uh, $5, $10, $100. We survive off of those kinds of donations. We're not funded by some huge nonprofit conglomerate. We're funded by everyday folks that enjoy our content and want to help contribute uh, to the cause. So if you already do that, we want to thank you for doing that. And uh, as a gift to you, we want to give you a free app. So if you just go to the iTunes store, the Android store, type in Must Read Alaska, and you can download our app right then and there. We put a lot of time, money, and resources into that app just for you so you can have our news at your fingertips. And uh, for those of you that watch or listen to Must Read Alaska and you enjoy our show, feel free to give us a review, five-star review. If you go to your um, podcast app on your iPhone, you don't even have to type in any review. You just can click on the five-star. So we appreciate every single one of those reviews. And uh, today, it's Suzanne and I. So Suzanne, how's your day going? Hey, it's going great. You know, I've got some uh, results in for the uh, early voting and it's it's really interesting to see what's going on. By the way, uh, we've got uh, a bunch of of oh, there goes my phone. Let me get rid of that. Can you hear that? No, you didn't hear. It. Only I heard that. That's good. Okay, <laughs> sorry everybody. About uh, twenty five thousand uh, ballots in so far uh, for early and absentee. Uh, early voting. And so we've got, it, I just found it interesting in district nine, which is the old district 28, that's South Anchorage. They've had uh, 1,524 ballots turned in already in, in this election. And, and that's the highest in the state. And it's classically the highest. That district is always the highest voting in the state. It's South Anchorage. Um, district six, which is um, down there in Seldovia, Homer, up to Kasilov, they've had uh, 1,354 ballots turned in. And then Juno's looking really strong. Juno District 3, has had, that's a very um, liberal district, 1,290 ballots turned in from three and 1,100 ballots turned in from District 4, Juno. And so the, the election is on with uh, so far a, about 25,000 ballots already in to the division of elections with between early and absentee. And there's been a huge number of absentee ballots requested this year 
probably the highest in history for Alaska, except for 2020, which was an outlier because of course, you remember uh, we had COVID that year. And so everybody was getting their, their ballots absentee. But this year we've just got an, an, uh, almost 10% of the registered voters, like 53,000 people requested absentee ballots. It's just enormous. We, we don't know how many of those will come back, but uh, it's just fat. Those are little fun little facts I just thought I would throw in for our listeners, because uh, we're 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 voting now. People, get out and vote. Nice. I love that. So, uh, if if people were uh, taking a nap all weekend, they would have missed this story. But uh, Paul Pelosi apparently got attacked with a hammer or two, and a couple folks that weren't wearing any clothes over the weekend. And the story is somewhat fascinating for the people that like to go down many rabbit holes in the interwebs via Reddit or anything else similar to that. There's so many conspiracy theories out there of actually what actually happened. Uh, Suzanne, you wrote an article on this recently. What What are your thoughts on it? Well, so I, I didn't really go, go about intending to write something on the Paul Pelosi attack in San Francisco because it's not really our area of concern. We really write mostly about Alaska and about issues that impact Alaska. But I started to think about it. Uh, okay, Nancy Pelosi, she is the Speaker of the House, been there for a long time. And uh, and she and Paul Pelosi have this fabulous mansion in Pacific Heights, which is the one of the richest areas of San Francisco. And then one of our readers, who's a, I think, a critic who's come over from the ADN, from the um, Anchorage Daily News, after they cut their comment section out, we've got a bunch of these sort of lefties that have come over and are commenting on our site, on our stories. And he was commenting on one of our stories and, and he said, well, I bet Suzanne's not going to write about the Paul Pelosi attack or issue. And I thought, well, OK, fine, I'll write about it. I'm not sure what else I can particularly add, except that, you know, the Pelosi's are known to be extremely corrupt people. Uh, and and they are they're not liked by people for various reasons. One reason is because Paul Pelosi's a, a, a venture investor and he always seems to know how to invest money. So there's actually a group of investors out there in the world who actually mirror what he does. In other words, they look at what Paul Pelosi's um, company invests in and they invest exactly like that. That would be like you and I looking at the investments <laughs> of the Alaska Permanent Fund and then just, just mirroring our investments because we figure they know more than we do. And see, Paul Pelosi gets inside information through his wife, Nancy, and through all the lobbyists and stuff. And that's why he's such a successful investor. So there's pl plenty of reasons that somebody might not like him, but the people on the, um, on the on Twitter and on Reddit and on all the on all the sites and we've had over 165 maybe 170 comments on that story now from people from all sides jumping to conclusions about the attacker this David DePap and who he is and what he represents is he right wing is he left wing and the left wing just went nuts and said he's a Trump following um, MAGA Republican and the people on the right said, well, I don't know, he, he seems to make a living selling hemp bracelets. So there's that. And, 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 oh, and, and he's like, got a, a long time history as of being a nudist activist. So that doesn't seem all that MAGA to me, but uh, people jump to conclusions and they go online and John, they just start searching, they sleuth and they go to Reddit and they, and then somebody will drive by his house where he used to live and they'll post a picture and says, this is the house he lives in. Well, you know, apparently he hasn't lived there for several years. I think the guy might be homeless, but we don't know. And it's so fascinating to see how quickly everybody 
just jumps in and is all of a sudden an expert on who this guy is. And they start spreading a lot of misinformation. So one of those items of information came from KT, KTVU, uh, which is a station down there in the Bay Area, it said that, that David DePap was in his underwear. And then they eventually took that down, but not before that went crazy on Twitter. And so you see a lot of this now where these stories, they just, people get way over their skis on them and start jumping to conclusions. The best, the, the best thing we know is that he's kind of a mentally ill person who jumps from one thing to another. And we've got people like that in our communities too. We, you probably have them in Nikiski and I know we surely have them in Anchorage. I, I know of several of them that, that sort of jump around. They don't really have a political home. They just kind of jump from theory to theory and whatever sounds good to them at the time. And they're kind of loosely hinged to reality. But um, it's kind of fascinating. We still don't have much more information, but we do know this. Nobody's told us. We know that nobody's told the public whether or not there was a security camera on that house. And you would think in San Francisco, in one of the dressiest neighborhoods in the entire city, where very powerful people live, every house there has security cameras. Every house is, got, uh, is armed with security. And in fact, that, that particular community is so wealthy that they hire their own private patrol. And that guy patrols the entire neighborhood all night and all day. I mean, he's, he's seen every half hour, John. Yeah, it's um, interesting that uh, anytime something like this happens, it's the people that voted for Donald Trump's fault. You know, the guy sitting in his cabin in Fairbanks, minding his own business, doing some ice fishing. Uh, it was his fault, you know, because he voted for Donald Trump. And um, I just think that, uh, you know, this just proves again, once again, the national media is way out of touch with the everyday American. They are so far left. It's just ridiculous. We want you to do some actual reporting instead of just blaming every bad thing on folks that like Donald Trump. And uh, it's getting a little bit ludicrous. And those narratives are going to help more conservatives win, I think, uh, in the next 10 days because people are just sick and tired of, uh, you know, conservatives getting blamed for everything that happens. And then when stuff, when good stuff does happen, like an amazing economy when Trump was president, you know, no, no credit is given to folks uh, like you and I. So it, it's to me, it's just another one of those stories that the media is so out of touch with the everyday person it's getting ludicrous yeah you know I, I think that the left tried to gin this up to try to drive some election points their way and show that uh, people on the right are a bunch of right-wing crazy people and just really drum up that and they're, they're just gone too far and i'm not sure anybody believes it so uh, until further notice we don't know who owns the hammer we don't know how many of the men were in under their underwear we don't know why the security uh the security uh equipment at the house didn't seem to notify the police before paul pelosi got to the bathroom and notified police that this man named david was in his house which apparently he knew the man's name uh, we, there's a lot we don't know, but I kind of figure there's a big cover-up that's going to be underway because Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, they have a lot to protect there. I mean, they're yeah, when, look when, at, the, when the mainstream media is more concerned about Cayenne West than Jeffrey Epstein, then I don't really trust them anymore. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh my gosh, that is so true. 
you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's, it's becoming comical, but it's sad that it's so comical. Um, um, let's, uh, let's turn the page a little bit and talk a little bit about uh, Sarah, Sarah Palin, former governor, Sarah Palin. She made a statement recently, um, I believe in the war room that, um, that her campaign was not what she had hoped it would be paraphrasing here, but, um, that she didn't really trust her campaign operatives anymore. She was going to be running the campaign from here on out. And, you know, I don't blame her because the types of folks that she hired, they're like the uh, fundraising mill type folks where they just basically go out there and try to raise money on the backs of somebody who has a famous name and they take a cut of everything that you raise. And then, then on top of that, they, take a consulting fee. And then on top of that, you know, stamps cost $7 a stamp. And, you know, it's just by the time you add up all the fees, they probably take 80% of the money that came in. Um, well, you know, you're not really exaggerating it that much. These fundraising mills, like uh, this one that she uses called Conservative Connector, that sells her lists. And these are lists, national lists that she can, that her campaign team can use then to send out text messages saying, Sarah Palin, she's the she's the she's the America first candidate uh you know send money and you know we've we're all getting these now from all I get them from all over the place Herschel Walker's sending them to me everybody's sending them. you know they, they they rent these lists and so she rents a list and they're they're she gets 50 cents on the dollar if that but then out of the 50 cents on the dollar that she gets she still has to pay the campaign consultants and she has and she has several of those and I went through the FEC reports and her expenses are really high. She's using uh, outside people, of course, and use outside fund uh, fundraisers and outside uh, consultants. She's also using an in-state consultant, uh, which is Tom Anderson over at Optima Public Relations. Tom Anderson is the person that she sent to jail uh, many years ago when he was a legislator, and he got uh, he got convicted for uh, sort of uh, it was it was some it was some sort of public corruption thing that we don't want to go into now, but she's now, he, he runs a public relations company and she's using him. And the billables over there are pretty substantial. I mean, of course he's, he's placing radio ads for her. And, and I saw a digital ad today on Politico for Sarah Pan. And I thought, you know, that's, that, that came from the Rand Paul pack. And that's probably uh, good for her because she's down to only I'm, I'm guessing at this point, $50,000 in her campaign coffers, because on October 19th, she had, $75,000 left. And I mean, you're running for Congress and you only have $75,000 left. Even in Alaska, that's not enough to do it uh, for your last week. So, well, that was as of the 19th. And so by now I'm, I'm thinking, okay, she's paid some more bills. She's got some more bills due. She might be down to 50,000 or less. But anyway, she told Steve Bannon on the War Room podcast that her campaign consultants have given her crappy advice and that they're in it for the wrong reasons. And then she blamed uh, Lisa Murkowski for and, and Mitch McConnell because Mitch McConnell supporting Lisa Murkowski and Lisa Murkowski supporting Mary Peltola. And I'm just dumbfounded by that because she has essentially supported Mary Peltola. She has been nothing but a cheerleader for Mary Peltola. And here she's blaming Lisa Murkowski for it. So I'm really not sure what's going on, but she was blaming everybody but herself for the situation that she's in. And I think she's essentially just laid down the campaign. It's just, she's not doing that much. There's uh, no money to do advertising with, uh, if not for the PACs that have come in on her behalf. Uh, I don't think she would be uh, visible at all. Uh, her, her campaign manager, Chris Perry, I understand is separated from the campaign. 
So, yep, I don't know. Uh, she's she's going on the strength of her reputation, which is great. The, pr the problem with that is, is that everybody knows Sarah Palin and, and they've kind of made up their minds, I think, one way or the other. The undecideds are, uh, you know, that's a pretty small number right now, about 3%. Spending all this time just trying to get that three percent—that's what you need. You're down to the three percent. I mean, they're within the margin. She and Nick Begich are within the margin of error each other, I believe. Yeah, you know, she's been so successful in being a conservative figure all over the U.S. and um, one of the best sought-after speakers back when the Tea Party was big and helped a bunch of people get elected. And she was a conservative celebrity for a long time, and I think. She is 100% right in saying that her campaign staff steered her in the wrong direction. And I think one of the biggest reasons, that the only thing I can point to is stuff that I know. And that is the fact that, you know, we've invited her, I've invited her on the show probably a dozen times. I've given up recently in the last couple of months, but reached out to her campaign staff, to her campaign manager, to other folks on that I know that are involved in her campaign emailed her generic email address on her website that says, you know, info at whatever. I tried everything under the sun, including contacting her campaign manager directly, and they never responded once. They didn't even write back no. They they don't they just never responded. And I think that that goes shows a tremendous uh, neglect for the everyday conservative in Alaska. Like it or not, we're the biggest conservative news source in Alaska. And if you refuse to come on a show, be for whatever reason, not only refuse to come on a show, but your entire campaign refuses to even respond to folks inviting you onto the show. I think that shows a neglect for caring about what conservatives think about. This is where a lot of conservatives get news in Alaska. And when you've given us the middle finger because you... <laughs> you've you know been offended by some of the stories that we've written i just think that that's a huge missed opportunity it's middle school kind of mentality and it's unfortunate um, it doesn't take away any of her success that she's had she's still going to be one of the best conservative you know speakers out there that can go on a stage in front of ten thousand people and woo the audience she'll be able to do that you know till um from now so the cows come home. Yeah, can, yeah. Can we talk about that for a minute? You know, I just think that Sarah Palin, she does have a, a really strong gift and she, she's got a certain lane and I shouldn't run for governor and she, she probably shouldn't run for Congress. We have our lanes in, in life and there are some things that maybe some of us should not do, but she does a good job of being a, a firebrand and a spokesperson and being able to, to lay out some, some pretty fun phrases. And she's really quippy and good on her feet. But, uh, I think that uh, she's maybe reached her Peter principle on this particular thing where she, she's not quite ready for, for Congress. She's just not congressional material. That's not taking away from who she is necessarily. Actually, a lot of us aren't congressional material, but we're good people. And I think in her heart, she's a, she's a good person. She's just not ready for that. Yeah, she's the only, her camp is the only camp that's never responded of yeah, any race in the entire state, which I just think is. I mean, you've even gotten, uh, I think Bill Walker's, campaign to respond haven't you yeah Les Garrow came on the show Murkowski's yeah. camp has responded and is, and is favorable to come on the show Mary Patola's uh yeah we haven't been so nice to to, uh, to Lisa Murkowski all that much so <laughs> sorry my cats are fighting in the background <laughs> <laughs> my brand new cat 
So uh, that brings us to another topic. Uh, Murkowski says she is going to put Mary Patola as her number two, which I think for a lot of folks was kind of like a, yeah, we, you know, we kind of assume that, but I duh. think, duh. <laughs> um, but I think it, uh, you know, no, she's putting all... her, she's putting her for her number one over on yeah, the congressional ballot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really, she, so, so, so Lisa Murkowski has gone so far to the left that she's not going to vote for Republican for, um, for the Congress. She's going to vote for Mary Paltola, the hardline Democrat, the anti-First Amendment, anti-Second Amendment. I mean, I don't know what's going on with, I guess this is Lisa Murkowski giving the Republican Party the truly the middle finger. And uh, interestingly enough, both uh, Lisa and uh, Mary Paltola were in Dillingham over the weekend, kind of campaigning together in Dillingham. So now she's not only do you see her on all these flyers, or these flyers coming out that have both of them pictured saying these are the right people to vote for. Now they're actually sort of campaigning together. They were at a reception in, um, in Dillingham um, with people coming in and cheering them as they got off the plane. So yeah, I kind of think that, I think that uh, Murkowski could, might even change her party designation once she gets through this election because she is not a happy Republican anymore. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see. I I think that uh, Mitch McConnell might have a couple things to say about that. <laughs> she tries to change her registration after they spent $7 million or something in Alaska, which, man, I can tell you, my kids are sick of those ads. They're, you know, we watch YouTube and stuff sometimes. Uh, uh -huh. and holy majoli, those ads are nonstop. <laughs> it's just, they just, they're just, you know, pounding home their narrative over Kelly Chewbacca, which I just think is a bunch of garbage. I mean, for somebody, all they would have to do is do four minutes worth of research and realize that uh, Kelly was cleared of those charges and that the the reason why that cost the state $81,000 or whatever it was, you wrote a story on this, is because of the not so favorable procurement processes that it, have, yeah. that it had in place. And, you know, those ads run nonstop. And that is one of the reasons I think I mean, I just can't stand those kinds of political ads. And, uh, and they work, though. I mean, tell you, they, if, if they wouldn't run them if they didn't work. These are sort of it's all, it's all a form of brainwashing. Yeah. And if our, if uh, Kelly's side had the money, she'd be running the, that level of advertising, too. I promise you, if she had seven million dollars, you would be as annoyed as heck with her. But <laughs> I think, <laughs> but I think uh, those those Burkowski ads have just gotten to the point where people are actually a to the point they're offended by them so yeah so you know i i think it's a smart strategy that mary's doing you know she's trying to get all of murkowski's the people that are going to vote for murkowski to vote for her and uh we'll see you know she came out with that second amendment stance uh, i i saw the ad on youtube actually i don't know yesterday or something yeah did you it, where was, she says it, that the second amendment is, is to protect ourselves and our food from wild animals mm. And if you if you you know do another two minutes worth of research, you'll soon learn that the Second Amendment is used <laughs> to protect us against government tyranny. That's right. And that's about it. You know, it's the, uh, a bonus is that it. You know, back the then is, the wild animals are the bonus yeah. points. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like hunting like we have it now today. Back then, that's pretty much how you got the majority of your meals was to get out there and earn your keep. And uh, 
the second the you know the right to bear arms was to protect you against government tyranny so yeah, i appreciate I that yeah I, I appreciate that she's trying to uh, uh at least give her stance on why she you know owns guns herself but i think that the it's critical gun theory yeah the, she's rewriting history the message falls on deaf ears for folks that are conservatives in alaska so yeah we know our guns yeah. So last tell me, tell me, I just want you, I want you to go into before we close, I want you, I want to hear all about your last interview with Junior Almave, who's the director of something up in Anchorage, inclusivity. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's something, he's the director of sanity up in, yep. in Anchorage. So Junior, uh, you know, we're, we're getting some good, tr good longevity traction off of um, some of these stories and junior is just a phenomenal guy in Anchorage. He's the chief equity officer for the city of Anchorage. He is a former NFL player uh, for the jets. When he um, retired, he spent up, I think seven seasons as a professional athlete, Cowboys and the jets. And Cowboys, yeah. When he retired, he took a job with the NFL, worked his way up from, I believe like a, just a normal secretary was his job. Like the actual title was secretary to being the vice president of the Jets or some sort of vice president role in the NFL. And then he decided to come and move back to uh, Anchorage. And he worked for the DEA, being the community liaison for the DEA all over Alaska. And then when the mayor got elected, Mayor Bronson, he snagged him up as the chief equity officer. And this guy is phenomenal. I mean, this junior could go have a job anywhere he wants, probably make way more money than what he's making now. But he's decided to live in the community that raised him and give back. And so he meets with community folks all over Anchorage, oftentimes groups and cultures that maybe feel disenfranchised with people in government. And he meets them on their own turf. He does job fairs. He does what he calls listening tours, where he brings the mayor in and they just hear from community leaders in a neighborhood on the goods and bads of how government's interacting with them. And he speaks to elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools all over Anchorage. And when I was able to follow him around for a day or so, the best thing that I saw was um, he spoke to this elementary school and no more than like two weeks before Junior came to the school, they had another national speaker there. And this was supposed to be a speaker that comes in and woos the multicultural crowd and gets the folks with like, you know, schools that have a huge majority of free and reduced lunch type atmosphere, gets those kinds of kids ready to go conquer the world. And this lady came in and just had a miserable time. And she actually told the principal that these are the worst kids I've ever seen in my entire oh, no. career. And oh, that no. I will never be coming back to the school. And as the principal is telling me the story, the principal is literally crying as she's telling me the story. And you could hear a pin drop in the room when Junior was talking. Junior had these kids hanging on his every breath. And, uh, you know, it's not often that you meet a guy like that that is able to lead adults and lead kids with a positive message. Very selfless guy. A lot of folks that are, you know, in his atmosphere could choose to be, you know, the former NFL guy and be cool on Instagram and do the celebrity thing. And he chooses to be, quote unquote, in the trenches with everyday folks, just, you know, living the dream. 
And yeah, he's he's and he's a very faithful. Faith, he's a very faithful Christian as well. When whenever you uh, throw a compliment his way, he just says, oh, "Give the glory to God." He is really very humble. Yeah, the guy you want to have on your side, he's a uh, probably six five. Yeah, <laughs> pure yeah, muscle. But, <laughs> but really, you know, he's a prayer warrior too. He's a really amazing guy. So, where can people find that uh, that YouTube video of him that you referenced? So, if you just go to YouTube, type in "Must Read Alaska Junior," it pops up. Um, it's pretty popular. I think it's sixty thousand views or so now, and and you know, it's, it's, our, it's like our high one of one of our highest. It is one of our highest, and I like yeah. to. <laughs> Every once in a while, I like to compare us to other folks out there. And I think I was texting you last week. You know, there's other media channels in Alaska that have very well funded, you know, millions of dollars budgets and big, big staff. And and we we do this little video and knock all their videos out of the water in terms of views. <laughs> it just goes to show Good you. For you. Hey, people nice job listen. on that. Yeah. People just want to listen and watch normal things with you know, there's no political agenda, at least behind that video, not saying that we don't have a political agenda behind other stuff. Oh, yeah, That yeah. just shows Junior in his everyday life, just doing. Yes. What it's like, like, I've never, you know, I would not know what Junior, how he spent his days if I hadn't seen that. And how did your, um, how did your interview with Zuby go? I noticed he's really picking up steam out there. He He's becoming extremely popular, such a reasonable voice. And he's always, um, you know, he's always a calm voice from the conservative side. Yeah, Zuby's another interview that I just loved. He's a um, on the international stage, really. I mean, he's from he lives in the UK. He went and spoke at right after he was done with our interview. He went to Australia to speak at their equivalent of CPAC, and he's on regular like big TV talk show, morning shows all the time, um, and. I was watching him last week or somebody sent me a screenshot. He was going back and forth with Elon Musk on Twitter. I mean, this is a guy that's kind of a mover and a shaker. And he is, uh, I would say he's kind of like just a libertarian guy that doesn't really like government getting involved with uh, his life. And he tries to make music and art around those kinds of things. And he's been- He's very, a rapper. Very he's successful, a, you know, yep. Yeah. Yeah, very successful rapper, but he's just—he's no nonsense, and he's not falling for all that left-wing bull. He's just—he's—he's uh, he's got his own mind, and he's an independent thinker, and he's a pretty good thinker, as far as I can tell. He's—he's a—he speaks very well. He expresses viewpoints well, and he—he's not uh, a name caller, and he doesn't—he's not a, a dart thrower. He's, he's a good guy. That—that uh, Zuby interview, I think, was so impressive, and um, recommended to people. It's also up on our YouTube channel, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's on the um, uh, the Zuby one is on our YouTube channel. Yes, and we have a we have a couple articles. You were you wrote an article about it. I wrote an article about it, and uh, for whatever reason, it's it's been pretty popular on the website for the last couple of weeks. Very good, awesome. So, do you have any last thoughts, Suzanne, before we head out here? Uh, oh gosh, what, what uh, you know, week, like any uh, inspirational thoughts you'd like to throw? Oh man, the week you, before I gotta, the election. Yeah, the week before the election. I know I'm going to work, be working really hard this week. Uh, I, I'm just going to be have way more content than I can even handle. So I've got a bunch of stories and columns, guest columns. A lot of people are writing columns right now in the draft folder that I've got to get out. So you'll see some things. You'll see a, a column from Kelly Chewbacca. You'll see another column this week from. Michael Tavallero, you'll see, uh, I think, a, 
I don't know, got a couple of other, uh, Mike Shower wrote a column. So Senator Mike Shower, I got a, a great column from him. Or, or is it Mike Shower or, or former, former Senator Scott Ogan, I think actually on behalf oh, of- nice. Yeah, writing about Mike Shower and what a great guy he is. And so I've got a bunch of columns that are all of a sudden landing and people want to get them in before the elections. I understand that. But lots of election stories. I will be doing a story today on turnout and what has been so far because it's all that sort of statistical stuff. And then we went over that at the beginning of the show. But I'll be expanding on that in the story today. Nice. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening to our show. Tomorrow we're going to have I'm going to have Tuckerman Babcock on talking about his uh, race uh, for state senate in my neck of the woods, which is very exciting. I like Tuckerman a lot. And uh, you know, for those that do. Uh, listen and comment on our on our um, website um, <laughs> we get lots of comments um, as folks have seen we get even more because anchorage uh, adn cut off their comments yeah, we're getting like six 600 a day now john yeah just be the only thing i'd say is for folks just to be patient because um, um suzanne looks through a lot of those and make sure that there's you know sometimes people are just nasty or misspell every word or whatever yeah and just you know have a little bit of patience um you know, if your comment's not approved within the first two minutes, just simmer down, go have a cup of coffee and a yeah. nap, and then come back, you know, in a half a day later. Um, because this week is very, very busy. And so um, we we hope that you tune in to the show net, uh, tomorrow. And I think, uh, I can't say who I'm going to have on Wednesday because I haven't sealed the deal yet, but we'll have some oh. good guests. We'll have some good guests on the rest of the week. And uh, uh, for, for folks, again, that use uh, the app, we really appreciate it. Feel free to give us a five-star review on the app and feel free to give us a five-star review on the podcast because we do all this stuff. Um, all of our content is you can consume for free. So all we ask is a review every once in a while. And if you really, really, really love Mustard Alaska, go to mustardalaska.com on the right-hand side there. There's a donate button. We're looking into a potential new platform for folks to be able to donate. We know that there's a lot of folks out there that do not like PayPal, which we're totally fine with you can all you can always mail must read alaska check the wet the um, addresses right there on the donate tab but we are looking into an alternative donation um method and it probably won't be in place for i would say another month even if we pull the trigger so just be patient with us we're working through that and in the meantime you can always mail us a check the address is right there if you click donate on mustreadalaska.com, the address will pop right up there. So until next time from somewhere Alaska, I'm John Quick. Hope you have an awesome, awesome day. Bye, John. Bye-bye.